This is Charles Zuta, your host of the Fountain of Life podcast. And I welcome you to another episode of the Fountain of Life podcast as we continue our discussion on manna, God's recipe for nourishing body, soul, and spirit. I hope you have been blessed and God has been faithful to us in continuing to help us to understand his word and to share it. So thank you so much if you have been subscribing to this podcast and I'm really excited to come your way with a continuation of that discussion. So today we will continue and look at Jesus's conclusion with regards to his conversation with his followers and the crowd that surrounded him in John chapter 6. We did say that Jesus pointed to the people that the real bread that they should be craving for, what they should be looking for and is being desirous of, it's not the bread that you eat and then that is the end of it, that only nourishes the body, but also the bread from heaven. And he says he is the true bread, the bread of life. So let us, in conclusion, let us hear some very profound things that Jesus told the people. And we will continue from there to look at the rules that God gave with regards to collecting a physical manner, which is leading us to look at how manner is a model for how we nourish our spirits and bodies. So it is more than just food. Right. In John chapter 6, so Jesus continued, let's start from verse 48, where he says emphatically, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. If you come down with me to verse 54 to 48, Jesus then goes on to say, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. So there you are. Jesus makes that wonderful connection between manna as nourishment for the soul and then now the real spiritual manna which is nourishment for the spirit. But the interesting thing that we are going to be looking at is the connection between the rules, the do's and the don'ts around the physical manner, which may play a part in teaching us how we can relate with that spiritual manner, which is Jesus Christ. So unambiguously, Jesus says that everything about his life 
he says is flesh. Of course, he's not inviting these people to eat him up physically. He's telling them that it is his flesh which he shall give for the life of the world. He's talking about his sacrifice on the cross. Remember, when he was setting up the Last Supper, he said, this is my body that is broken for you. And then he goes and says that this is the blood of the new covenant. So he's setting in motion. He's using this as a teaching moment to tell them that, yeah, your fathers ate the physical man. They didn't connect the dots between manna and God. But here you are. Here I am. I am the the, the culmination of all that you, the Father has been teaching you or God has been teaching your fathers in the wilderness that you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood to live. And when you do that, unlike the physical manner where they ate and some went on to disobedience and they died, this spiritual manner, this new manner which God has provided, which is his son, if you eat it, you will live forever. That is the profound truth. So, whatever rules that God gave, governing how manna was to be used and controlled, the same rule, surprisingly, applies to how we also eat the spiritual manna, how we also relate in terms of tapping into the benefits that we have in Jesus Christ. Just as the physical manner nourished their physical bodies, the bread of life, the spiritual manner, when we eat that one as well, when we dine on the sacrifice, the benefits, the attributes of the new covenant in his blood, and we accept the sacrifice of his body on the cross for humanity, we also receive nourishment for our spirits and our souls. So, if Jesus is saying this about he being the spiritual manner, let us see what other Bible commentators, let us see what other writers in the Bible talked about the manner. Is the manner really more than just food? Is it a spiritual symbolism of God's redemptive work for humanity in the road? First, I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the verse 1 to 4, Paul giving a commentary about this. And this is what Paul said. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But most of them God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not last after evil things as they also lasted, and on, and do not become idolaters. So Paul is using this journey in the wilderness, how God nourished them and provided for them, as a teaching moment for the people. But the key word that I, I want to point out, he said in verse 3, all ate the same spiritual food. So Paul recognized that there is something very interesting about the manna. You know, and it symbolized that this is God providing supernaturally for these people. There is nothing natural about the manna. You see, so Paul described it as a spiritual food. 
right so that begins to reinforce what jesus said that look your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness but they died but the real manna because manna has spiritual connotations manna has the footprints of heaven all over it manna has god's fingerprints all around it so it, it was more than just food so that begins to tell us that we should begin to visualize every aspect of what god was teaching them as applicable to our relationship with this manner as well which is jesus christ his flesh and his blood that is the totality of the new covenant and all that he has brought for us god views us just as he viewed manna in the wilderness also if you go with me to the book of psalms it's the same psalm 78 the verse 24 it says also recounting the experience in the wilderness and the psalmist writes says god had rained down manna on them to eat and giving them of the bread of heaven verse 25 men ate angels food he sent them food to the food men ate angels food and he describes it as the bread of heaven see there may be some hyperbole with that but most importantly it is angels food it is food that god himself gave to them okay and he gave them with instructions we shall soon be seeing what those instructions are nehemiah 9 15 also says the same says you gave them bread from heaven for their hunger and brought them water out of the rock for their thirst and told them to go in to possess the land which you have sworn to them so once again he says god gave them bread from heaven god showered that bread upon them so in these last days we are not going out on the streets to collect physical manner we are collecting that manner by eating and benefiting and nourishing on the body of christ on the blood that he shed so how you relate with god and physically jesus is not even here with us he's at the right hand of the father waiting for his enemies we made his footstool we have the word of god we have the holy spirit so if we are talking about benefiting or relating to god's word that is the same as drinking the blood that is relating to god to tap into because that is the reason why we have access it is the blood that he shed is his body that was broken he gives us access to enjoy the fullness and the benefits of god so god provided all of this for us in the deserts of our world today just like those people out there in the desert places you need to find a source of nourishment we need to find where we can nourish our bodies and our spirits and so when we go to church when we have quiet times when we relate to christ when you do all these things we are nourishing we are taking in that bread from heaven we are taking in that nourishment that comes from the father so that is quite an interesting comparison and an interesting knowledge that jesus gave but that is the truth today we no more go out to collect manna we feed on his word his spirit provides that nourishment for us okay there are simple do's and don'ts surrounding 
the manner and we'll be spending the next couple of episodes to look at them and use those to guide how we relate to the word of God, we relate to our fellowship with God, we relate to the blessings that we have through Christ's sacrifice and all that we have in God. Some of those rules point us to some really interesting facts and I'm so excited to share this with you. The first one that God gave us, every man has to go out and gather. We have looked at that in previous episodes. And then also, they were to gather according to their needs. Okay, And then they were to gather for all the people that were in their tent. And then also they were to go out every morning and then gather it. Except on the Sabbath day. They were supposed to go out every day. That's the day means the people of Israel in the wilderness. To gather it six days every morning. But on the seventh day, you don't go out. Collect double on the sixth day, and that is enough to take care of the seventh day so you don't go out. And then also, they were not to leave of it overnight. So those are the don'ts. The don'ts are that don't leave of it overnight. Whatever you gather, you eat it for that day, except on the Sabbath day. You don't leave of it overnight. Right? So that was the main don't. Don't leave of it overnight. So how did they do with the product that they collected they turned it into different things they made cakes out of it they pounded it they did so many things out of it now Keith green has a very interesting lyrics in one of his songs and he talks about mana burgers mana this mana that mana that's quite an interesting fact and interestingly it got to a point after a lot of eating of this manna, they began to complain. We'll look at those aspects, you know, later on. But I just want to draw your attention to the fact that they had to go out and collect it according to their needs. You see, how does this apply to us? A lot of us, or when we, each one of us, we approach God on the basis of our needs. So, still in Exodus, that is our key phrase that is our, our, our main theme that we are looking at exodus chapter 16 okay continue let's keep our fingers there exodus chapter 16 so they were supposed to collect it according to their needs that relates to us in a lot of ways you can be in church a whole message is going to be preached but you have filters. However way we look at it, we all have filters. The message coming to us will pass through those filters. Well, I'm in church, I need a financial breakthrough. I'm in church, I need healing. Well, if the sermon is not coming into that area, we don't find relevance. Yeah, okay, you are talking about holiness. But right now, as I'm sitting here, what I need is healing for my body. Okay. The truth of the matter is that it will take spiritual insight for that pastor to preach a sermon that meets everybody's needs. Okay? That is part of the responsibility of ministry, to know the needs of the flock and give them food that addresses those needs. But by and large, we approach God on the basis of our needs. We go to church, the sermon may mean something to somebody, but it may not mean anything to somebody else because our needs are different. 
Okay, so that is a fact. If you feel that way, that I've been to church today and the sermon didn't mean anything to me, it doesn't mean the man of God is doing a bad job. It is just that we all have unique needs. So in our fellowship with God, in our relationship with God, we have to cultivate the habit of approaching God on the basis of our needs. He knows them anyway. He wants to do something about it. If you didn't find that need met in church, that shouldn't be the end of your fellowship with God. When you come home, read the scriptures by yourself. Search the scriptures and then approach God with that need. Let God know about that need because each one of us are tapping into the resources of God based on our need. So don't be hopping from church to church to church because, well, whatever was said in my church is not relevant to me, so I have to go somewhere else and on and on and on. Great, you can do that. But if you go over there and you don't have it, that means you keep going. And there isn't a perfect church. So what I will encourage you is that you take that responsibility on yourself. We have to take that responsibility on ourselves and make sure that when we approach the throne of grace, Bible says approach the throne of grace, to find help, grace to help us in our times of need. God wants to help you. We will obtain grace to help us in our needs. And so it's not unusual that these people went out and collected according to their need. And look at the interesting fact. The Bible says that those who collected more had nothing left over. Those who collected less had no lack. Why was that? Paul will later quote this with regards to giving in the Corinthian church. But most importantly, it is because it's a reflection of their needs. Each man collected according to his needs. So whatever it is, some will collect more, some will collect less. That is what it is. But collect it according to your need. Relate to God. Let God know about that need. Go in and take of the grace of God according to your need. The other thing was that they gathered for the people that were in their tents. God has a wonderful plan with regards to households. I'll go into more detail about this household aspect later on. But I just want to draw your attention to it as we are talking about the rules. They collected it according to their households. And each household had their needs met. When we were brought into the kingdom... God's plan and purpose is that the plan of salvation permeates into the household. The Bible says that you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your household. Okay. And Joshua said it emphatically. Choose you this day what you are going to say. Joshua 24. But as for me and my household, we shall serve the Lord. We shall serve the Lord. So there is that onus on us as believers to collect the manna, to make sure that the, the, the truth that we know impacts the people around us. It's a blessing to our generation. And once again, it is individuals. It is we as individuals who go to collect it. Remember, the Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It is the truth that you know that sets you free. It is not the truth that my neighbor knows, not the truth that the pastor knows, but it's the truth that I know that will set me free. So if you are talking about spiritual nourishment, 
eating the manna. Now we know that manna is Jesus. We are talking about we fellowshipping with the Father. And these are some of the rules that guided that fellowshipping with the Father. And we need to build on those foundations. And some of us, we're already practicing it. Maybe a lot of us are maybe coming to that place of understanding. But the truth is that it's individuals. I'm going to illustrate more on this as we go forward. And then we collect according to our needs. And we collect according to the people in our household. So thank you once again for listening to this podcast. And I will continue on this series, God willing. Once again, I want to let you know that we appreciate you subscribing to our YouTube channels, Facebook, and other social media platforms. But this podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google, on Amazon Podcasts, and all their platforms. So go on there and then as you subscribe to those, you will receive advanced notification whenever we post any materials. Thank you for joining me today and I really look forward to sharing with you again. God wish you bless you. Thank you so much. Hello, this is Charles Uta, your host of the Fountain of Life podcast. Thank you so much to all who have followed this podcast. You've been watching and then listening to our podcast over and over again. Thank you so much. I want to give you a sneak peek to an upcoming episode. In this series, which we captioned Memories, Ministers or Monsters, we want to ask that very quintessential question. Are our memories ministers or are they monsters? You see, memory plays a very crucial role in our lives, but sometimes our memories can be weaponized against us. So whilst there are memories that we cherish, there are also memories that frighten us, memories that torment us, memories that create problems for us. It reminds me of the words of the songwriter that says that sometimes it feels like we are a one-man army fighting with shadows in our heads. You know, not everybody wins that battle. And unfortunately, people have given up hope in life, they've resorted to self-harm, and every imaginable pain that comes when we lose that battle in the mind. But basically, God has a lot to say about memories, and I want us to explore that. So join me as we look at this very, very exciting topic. Memory, is it a monster or is it a minister? How do we strengthen ourselves to be able to win that battle? God richly bless you. The book of Matthew 11, 28 to 29. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find